This is the 615 Podcast with your host, veteran realtor and entrepreneur, Nick Woodard. All right, everybody, welcome back to season two of the 615 Podcast. Today, I've got my good friend, president and CEO of Warner Chapel Publishing here in Nashville, Mr. Ben Vaughn. Thanks for joining me, brother. Hey, brother. Season two. Season two. Yeah. That sounds... It's big time, bro. Uh, this sounds impressive. <laughs> Go Nick. Would you guys survive the holidays okay? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. Still here? Still here. Still here. Did you get to see mom and dad? We absolutely saw mom and dad, and they said they say hello to you, as always. Absolutely. Some of my favorite people ever. Um, your dad's definitely like top five favorite human <laughs> beings. I agree. I fully agree. So, well, I want to have you on here a little bit, talk about a little bit what you do. Um, You work in, you know, obviously the publishing side of the music industry. Um, Tell us a little bit about what exactly is the publishing side of the music industry. Yeah, because nobody understands. The boring side, right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's funny. Well, nobody understands music publishing is generally the uh, while people talk about it. I don't think it's boring at all. I think it's no. It's actually fascinating. It's fascinating. I I love love the business side of it. I love it. Um, okay, what is music publishing? Music publishing is a lot of things on the on the human creative side, the most fun side, it's songwriters, right? So it's yeah. people. It's people that have, you know, in my opinion, extraordinary talent and can walk into a room and pull things out of the air that become hits. Well, it's and, like I... I grew up here in nashville and i've always been fascinated you know really couldn't care less about entertainers i'm obsessed with songwriters i mean they're that's the real talent so talented like how in the world can some of these people schedule an event to go be creative yeah a month from now well and think about this right so and i love this topic and we'll get around to the other part about music publishing but is you know you've got you know, people that they do schedule appointments with each other to write songs, and but they do it every day. Yeah. And, and sometimes, yeah. especially when writers are coming up, they may do two a days, three a days, writing something original. Can you imagine if your job was showing up every day and you had to come up with a completely original <laughs> thought, melody, Man. lyric, concept? I mean, it's it's just songwriters are some of the most uniquely talented people in the entire world so like is it true do they they find chemistry amongst each other yeah you gotta have the chemistry it usually doesn't work um but on the on the business side of music publishing it's the way to think about it is copyright right so so when people do write those songs and songwriters write those songs those become protected works of copyright and so publishing is about taking care of those copyrights um, making sure they have value, hold value, find the money, <laughs> pay the people. All right. Um, it, and there's it, been a lot of change in your industry with that. Oh my gosh! I mean, going from uh, I'm gonna date myself, but you know, going from cass- <laughs> the Napster days. cassettes, <laughs> right, to uh, CDs, to yeah. downloads, to streaming, to next. I don't know where we're we going. Holograms, ah, I, knows, you know. I think it's going to be an automatic download just right to your brain. That'd be all right. Yeah. All right. Who knows? Um, so you, you've worked with some of the best in the business. Um, give us a few examples of the people you've, you've maybe brought in at a young age that you knew 
there's crazy talent. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing for me to answer that question because you know I go back in the business industry now. Well, this has been my 27th year. Your second season, wow. my 27th year. <laughs> wow. Right. Well, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Like yeah. you, you started from the very bottom. Like yeah, interning. I got I got started really young, but I mean, you know, I think I, I never like talking too much about the folks we work with because I'm blessed to work with a lot of talented folks. Yeah. So I never want to like leave anybody out but sure, um, sure. when you you ask about like kind of like the first time you know and and th- those are fun like those are fun moments yeah. right like i i do remember you know a, a really really young chris stapleton you know uh the first time he played the bluebird and like they they didn't use a microphone Wow. Right. That's cool. Because he didn't need it. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. So it's um, one of those you just, you knew right there, this this kid's going to be. You know, I think you know, I think you know about talent. I think, I think the thing is like, you know, you know, I think for those of us that work in the, the business on the executive side, you know, being able to spot talent and then trying to help people develop it is, is a big part of our jobs. So you know? it's kind of like. You know, coaching athletes like you can be talented. Similar, you got to have the work ethic, and and, you know, you got to be able to develop that talent to maximize on what they can be. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I saw um, Thomas Rhett play at like a you know just a a little writer show, and you know, you just you just get a feel for people and you get a vibe, and um, they they talk about folks that have the it factor, you know, Um, chemistry. You know, I remember the first time. Um, when we're getting to know Dan and Shay and, and they're, they're playing and amazing chemistry. And I, I don't know, I think part of the job of, of the publishing from the development side, which is just one aspect of publishing, sure, sure. But is about seeing things that it's not there yet, but it, but it can be. Sure. Um, and so we do a lot of that. We do, we work in the development side a lot. Also on the songwriter side, where you know, there's not too many overnight success stories in the in the songwriting room. You know, usually say a ten year overnight success. Yeah, usually this they call it a ten year town, right? And um, that's pretty typical. It's like it's a lot of writing sessions, a lot of days of original ideas to hone your craft to get to the point where you're, you know, your people like a Nicole Gallion or a Red Akins or these people that are worked for years and you know our reds were my favorite yeah, of all he's, time he's it's great to get to work with him but um but yeah we well, hear people talk about you know these writers having owning or selling a catalog um basically what is a catalog okay so the way to think about it, so song equals copyright okay right? those are all in that songwriter's catalog they're so their body of work that's okay. to think about a catalog, right? And so when someone says they're selling their catalog, it can mean a lot of things. It could mean they're selling their entire body of work, right? Okay. It could mean they're selling, you know, pieces of their body of work, right? But but there's a lot of... So it's like fractions of their rights to yeah, that's right. that song. That's exactly right. Okay. That's exactly okay. right. So how, how, do you, how do they go about... Obviously, you build it over time and, and you get a name for yourself and... I guess you know certain ones are have more value than others. Can anybody buy the rights to these things? Are these I mean, private entities? Or you, you? it's it's everything. I mean, you you could do that. I mean, the obviously it's like willing seller, willing buyer, right? Sure, very, sure. Very similar to what you do every day, right? Right. right. Um, I think if you are going to 
if you're if you're a creator and you decide you do want to sell your catalog, it's it needs to be a very thoughtful, reasoned decision um, that is not to be taken lightly, right? Because once it's gone, once you sold it, you sold it. Um, but there can be some really good reasons uh, in the present to also to sell. Um, also, you should know you're selling too because those are ultimately your babies, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. There's a lot, a lot to think about. Okay. All right. Well, a little bit about, um, let's get back to a little bit about you. See, we met about 15 years ago. Wow. When I was hired to paint your office. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so I had, you know, oh, get so my, my feet wet in the, the real estate industry and was doing some side jobs. And yeah. um, you know, what building was that? Is that EMI? EMI? Do you know the, do you know the, you might not know this slight backstory to you coming and painting my office. I did not know there was a backstory. I'll give to you the painting your office. Yeah, I'll give you the quick version. So I was we're kind of going out of order, but I I was coming to work. Basically, I was coming to work for the for a big corporation. It's called EMI, and I had been at a smaller independent for a number of years. Okay, and um, I had decided that I needed to learn at a little bit bigger platform, and that's one of the reasons I took the jump. So, I had between these two jobs, I may have taken, I don't know, five days between maybe, and I decided that I didn't love the color of the walls in the new office I was coming into in the new job, right? So, I personally came in over the weekend (laughs) to paint this office, right? And so, I put like first coat of paint on it, and I was like, oh man, this ain't going to (laughs) fly. So... I painted my own office. It took me three coats of paint over over an entire weekend. Okay? Start my new job. I painted this office. Okay. Now, about a month later, there was some shifting and some people had left the company. And so, I actually they actually moved me into a different office. Okay? And I told my boss at the time, I was like, well, I want, can I paint this too? And he said, Ben, you know. You know, we could get this painted for you. <laughs> so me, you know, I've always kind of been the do-it-yourself. Absolutely. You know, figure You're it through, out. Through conservative. Like right, me, figure it out. Like, you know, <laughs> go paint the office. I'll, I, I, should, I didn't, if, even, it didn't even, it didn't if anybody cross my parents, mind that I could have. your parents knows that, that's how you're raised. Right, that I could actually <laughs> potentially ask someone else to do that and compensate them. And then that's actually, I got to meet you, which is just cherry on top and, right? and how the hell I you know I wasn't really a painter I was yeah. just somebody <laughs> looking for some extra work right so yeah that's kind of cool um, and then my wife Catherine used to babysit your right. kids right you know and then then you guys became clients of mine we go to church together and ironically now your daughter babysits my kids that's crazy well, hey there, I'm Gabriel Sedlak. My wife and I, Holly, um, had the great pleasure of working with Nick and buying a home. I, I was a little bit surprised how I was already kind of preconditioned to what I thought the experience was going to be like. Honestly, Nick made it so effortless that <laughs> it was literally like I wasn't even buying a house. It was just a normal transaction of life. So I love that he took the pain away and just made it effortless. And I, I cannot... I'll tell you how valuable that is. Ruby was talking about uh, your daughter 
uh, Ramsey the, uh, the other day. She was telling the stories about uh-huh. put. Uh, she wouldn't let her put her to bed without like doing many, many, many things oh, princess yes. related. Oh yes, yeah, it was that yeah, was a lot. It's a process. It's a quite a process. It's a whole process. So has Ruby started looking at colleges yet? Should we're in the middle of that right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to let Carly push at Auburn, are you? <laughs> We're come on, man. We're, take a stand. We're trying really hard. I'm, I'm the one that has to like be the open hand and be like, look, it's God's will. We're just we're keeping it open. God doesn't want her to go. <laughs> you can talk to him about that. <laughs> All right. So yeah, she's such a great kid, man. She'll she'll be successful wherever she is. So um, so right now, you're the president CEO of Warner Chapel Publishing here in Nashville. Um, but you started there as an intern, correct? That's right. I started, um, I moved to Nashville. I always tell folks I've, I've never really had a real job. I've always worked in the music business. Okay. Um, when I was 16, I was a radio disc jockey back home in Kentucky, where I'm from. Just the whole, oomph, oomph. yeah, <laughs> country music, man. Come on, it was Dwight Yoakam, Randy oh, Travis, there you go. okay, okay, Alan Jackson, Randy <laughs> Travis. Um, but yeah, I did come to Nashville to um, go to school, to go to Belmont University to study music business. And I kind of, for a random connection, ended up stumbling into Warner Chapel, walking around uh, the office with a songwriter and asked him if I could intern there. It's like two weeks from being in town. So I started in Nashville at Warner Chapel. Highly ironic uh, of the, of where I'm at now. Cause That's I awesome. It wasn't a straight line. I'll put it that way. Well, like you, you've kind of rapidly rushed up the ranks, though. I mean, for for your age, I mean, you're still you know really old compared to me. But as far as <laughs> it's not true, this isn't a visual medium. Really, but that's not true. Young, so I mean, tell us about the process, though. You started as an intern. You know what? What were some of the things that maybe you lucked into, or you met people, or you know, obviously. Things don't just happen. I mean, yeah. how, how did you kind of work your way up? I think, you know, I think for me, and it's funny, anytime I get asked these kind of questions, I kind of take a little bit of a memory lane trip. And I remember, so I'd asked for an internship at Warner Chapel and I got it. And the school let me do it. You're not supposed to intern until you were a junior at that point. So they was well, actually that's highly competitive in that yeah. too. And I basically said, well, what do you want me to do? And they were like, I said, I'll do anything. And they're like, well, we need our lyric files moved. So I came in on a weekend and moved lyric files. Wow. This is the first thing I ever did. And I think I tell, only tell that story to answer your question, which is like, for me, I just always just do the work, man. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter like if it's, I mean, I'm a CEO now, which is still crazy to say that. But like, it doesn't matter if it's something that's related to something on that level, or maybe it's somebody's got to go take the trash out. Sure. It, to me, you've just got to just done. get it done, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And so, like, I don't I, – I just kind of keep that mentality. Right. And I've always kept that mentality. Right. Well, I've always told – you know, people have asked me um, nothing. You know, some of the reasons I've seen some things in my career just comes from creating meaningful relationships, you know, and, and making sure those people know that I genuinely care about them. Um, you know, everything else is a byproduct of that. So, yeah. like, did you – were relationships very beneficial in helping you? Yeah, I mean, going? to me, the music businessy businessy music business is uh, to me the music business is about 
relationships. I mean, that is what it's about first. Um, right. It's just the it's just the connective tissue amongst all the creativity, right? Is the relationships. Sure. So, um, I think at this point for me it's so natural it's like breathing you know it's just like of, of making new relationships or maintaining the ones <clears throat> i've had over you know 20 plus years now and um yeah that's very very key yeah okay well i mean do you have any mentors in your life maybe you know any valuable lessons you learned from people you know did you did you look up to people and kind of take advice from them sure i've uh well i think i'll start with my dad you know he who you mentioned at the top of the uh, the second season um, here, <laughs> the hour, right? Is um, you know his his work ethic has just always been uh, outstanding. So like that, it's always been a big. He's been a, a big mentor for me uh, in so many ways. Um, but yeah, just through the, throughout the years, I mean, um, you know, I've had publishing mentors kind of ahead of me, um, and that I've just learned different things from all of them, yeah. uh, and it's it's been. They're very valuable. Um, I've kind of always also tried to be like when I, whoever that I've reported to, I've just always tried to be a, just take that extra step always to, you know, make sure they know that that I'm taking care of Nashville. I'm taking care of, you know, what, what's going on here in the 615. And um, I just value all those relationships. Right, right. You know? now, have you found yourself on the other side now? Like, they say, you know, you, you look up to people and you have mentors, but you don't truly get it until you yourself kind yeah, of mentor to other people. I, I, I tell you, it is something I struggle with a little bit. And what, what I mean by that is like anytime I have, because I do have a lot of folks now that do report to me technically, right? But whenever I hear someone say, well, that's he's my boss, or I just yeah. cringe. Yeah, I don't like, like that. I, don't yeah. like that. Yeah. I, just, I just view everybody more as a partner. Sure, sure. Like, you know, so like... Um, but yeah, it, it is it is a responsibility too that I that I think about. It. I'm like, well, okay, well, it's important to me that I pass along what I've learned to people that I do work with and are kind of in my sphere. Um, and I try really hard to do that because yeah. yeah, there's people watching. I mean, there's totally, always people watching, totally. always people looking up. Like, you know, I've had a couple um, mentors in my life that you know have taught me things that maybe they didn't really intend to teach me. Um, I kind of had some people I looked up to, you know, people I truly thought that, you know, had me in my family's best interest at heart, but, you know, allowed something insignificant to kind of end that relationship. Um, That taught me lessons about, you know, I want to be different. I don't want to let, you know, minor things get in the way of of relationships. Um, Because at the end of the day, relationships, I mean, that's everything. Don't major on the minors. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, I... You know, one thing I struggle with, though, is I, I pride myself on being fiercely loyal. Mm-hmm. So I kind of expect others to reciprocate. Yeah. And if they don't, it, it really gets to me. Yeah. And so that's always been a, a real struggle for me. Um, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make the relationships, though, that the other person feels and thinks the same way as even feel a little more special. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. A, I mean, I know you care. You care for your clients a lot. I, I, I think about, you know, we're we're typing this in my basement as we're surrounded by, <laughs> you know, Kentucky Wildcat um, paraphernalia and calendars because that's my home, my homeland. And so, like, one of our first business deals, 
I had this, uh, you get this limited edition John Calipari Maker's Mark Blue Kentucky bottle. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. cool. I need to see that before I leave. So, well, man, that's pretty much it. Um, I just kind of want to pick your brain a little bit and um, have you on here and get some words of wisdom from you. You've uh, kind of always been someone I've looked up to kind of in that mentor role. And um, you and your family mean the absolute world to me. And um, keep crushing it, brother. Thanks, Killer. You're going to have a great second season. This is the 615 Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review at nickwoodard.com forward slash podcast. 